Welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that turns indoor training into a game. With structured workouts, training plans and massive online group rides to make your training fun. Because fun is results. Fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central. All of the rides with our friends at Zwift. Joining me in the studio is Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? I am pretty good, i got to say. I'm a, I feel a little bit worn out, tired. Five big days of the road nationals, but this- I am nowhere near as tired as the athletes, I think, that, that <laughs> gave it their all. It was... Whoa. What a, it was a sensational five days. Do you know, during the broadcast, it was said uh, probably the best national we ever had, at least the best nationals we ever had on TV or we can remember. Uh, we'll talk about all this, mm. but uh, men, women on Sunday, incredible races. It was incredible races. Yeah, they were. They were both. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, oh, I'm speechless. Actually. I know. Like... I'm a bit speechless <laughs> because you sort of say, oh, where do I start? You know, well, I talk about the women's first with Sarah Roy. You know, I think we're that's what we're going to do. Break. Yeah, let's do about it. Let's talk about the women first because that that race set the day. It set it set the day off for a great day of racing. Mm. Uh, what Sarah Roy did, fifty three kilometers to go, jumping off and then going oh, and I think Bridie said this in the commentary saying you could think it's a five k to go, but no, it's fifty three k to go. Yes, uh, yeah. And so, t- talk to us about how was it on, for you on Mont Bonignon because you saw her yes going up and up and up and up again on her own and holding that pack. Yes. So, and just to sort of let everyone know, so I was literally stationed on the mountain on the on the mountain on the col on, <laughs> on Mont the <laughs> on Mont Ventoux. Look, it's an extinct <laughs> volcano, by the way. That's actually true. It's an extinct okay. volcano, but so we can call it a mountain, I think. Um, but I was stationed up there, so I didn't actually have to. I, I didn't get to see a lot of the vision of the race. I saw them come past. There were a couple of um, cycling clubs that had little marquees and they had TVs mm-hmm. set up, so I'd go and look. But at that point when Roy attacked the break up the climb was literally right where I was standing, sort of 100 metres before, so I got to see that first up. Look, the one thing I will say is when that break got established, I went, well, if there is anyone in that break you would be worried about, it's Sarah Roy. Normally, Peter Mullins and Matilda Reynolds, likewise, but they both crashed in the criterion, which is really, I feel really sorry for them because Peter Mullins has been in great form. Absolutely. And I think she was a bit pumped. She's won on this course before. She's won national titles in cyclocross, mountain bike, and and the road Mm -hmm. title. And I think she was potentially up for it, but she couldn't get out of the seat. But Matilda Reynolds gave it a good crack, though. She did, but she she had a pretty nasty injury as well. She, She actually sort of she'd done something to her shoulder like really shifted the bone and she was in a bit of bother when she pulled out I think so I hope I haven't heard much since I hope she's okay Mm -hmm. but that just knowing that fact and then the break and then the gap went out I went this is dangerous because Sarah Roy yes she's not a climber and she's more a sprinter but she's a classics rider we saw her fourth and fifth in Wevelgem and Flanders respectively you know she's a world-class athlete now she's coming to her own and she was the perfect rider in the break for bike exchange. Mm-hmm. The perfect rider potentially was Lucy Kennedy, but no one was going to let Lucy Kennedy jump up the road. 
you know, Sarah Gigante was yep. going to mark Lucy as much as Lucy was marking her. And and likewise, probably Grace Brown. Um, and she she was exceptional as well, as yeah. we know, she got the silver, but yeah. Absolutely. Let's listen to uh, Sarah Roy, our new national champion for the year 2021. Um, I think I just took advantage of the, the break that I was in. Um, I had a look around. There's some good strong riders there, a lot of sprinters. Um, I think a few of them were struggling a little bit with previous injuries from their crashes in the criterium a few days ago. So um, I didn't feel confident that they'd be able to get around the course uh, together. I felt really strong in the climb today, surprisingly. Um, I haven't really trained for anything like this. So, um, yeah really happy to just feel like I had some good legs out there and um and I so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give it a go and just just um yeah be brave actually Durbo Luke Durbridge's quote of the last couple of weeks has been be brave and he said that to me the other day and I thought I'm just gonna give it a crack and yeah when I <coughs> heard that uh, there was a break coming across or a, a group of chasers coming across with about one and a half minutes on us or behind us I I thought I'm just gonna push this out as far as I can and I went for it and whoever could come came and then that was good and um and then I just went again after on the I don't know when was it about four laps to go or something so yeah um yeah really happy so there was uh, Sarah you can you can you can hear the smile you can hear that she's always, uh, she's always she's a trooper yeah exactly she's a real trooper um and she finished so close on that championship so many times yes that it's it's well deserved just yes. even just not for the race on Sunday but for all the work she's done in yeah. the years before helping yeah. Spratty helping other people on the team yeah and just if I can just sort of go into a little bit more detail about Sarah and look I don't know her super well but I know her well enough to to you know not have a coffee with her or whatever but. I'd spent three days with her once on a um, on a charity ride, and and there was an evening where we had to. They got myself, Robbie, and Sarah on stage, and we sort of talked a bit about our careers. And you know, Robbie and I, I think, well, certainly I did. I bored them maybe with old war stories. You know, Robbie's got twenty four grand tour yeah. stage wins to, <laughs> that they are all enthralled with. But but Sarah told us her story about how she got into cycling because she's a latecomer and she's not. Mm-hmm. You know, she's. What the hell? I'm forgetting how old she's. She's over 30. I'm pretty sure of that. We don't say the age. No. If she's over 30, that's fine. <laughs> well, but... I think so. God, I think so. Dig, dig yourself a big hole in there. Sarah, if you're listening, I'm sorry. No, but she told us how she got into cycling and she cut the story sort of short to shrink it down a bit. She's 35 in February, but that's oh, okay. No, there you go. Great. Okay. Well, I thought she was 30. So yeah. <laughs> she, she gets on a plane. She's going to Holland to race. And she gets billeted out with this guy in his 70s and she's going to live in his loft. And she's thinking to herself, oh, my God, what am I doing? I'm crazy. <laughs> am I, am I, and, I'm, you know, and am I going to be, like, held up in this guy's loft? You know, he's going to um, um, abduct me. <laughs> and, and she was telling a story and we're all laughing. But she was talking about how tough it was. And for someone, you know, not, not 18 with sort of the national team support, she went there off her own back first. See? She's done the hard yards as someone who came to cycling sort of fairly late. And and I would say even even this year through COVID, she took a different path than any other cyclist. Yes. She she just decided to do it differently yes. and cover differently that year of COVID. Well, she came home, didn't she? Yeah. She, she spent a f- big chunk of time at home, as did Grace Brown, actually. It was interesting. It paid off for both of them Absolutely, because they went yeah. back and... Mm-hmm. In a way, they, they flew the flag, didn't they, for the team? I remember Spratty and Van Vluten crashed at a crucial point in the yep. season. So, no, I'm super happy for Sarah. Look, and it's not sort of putting her above anyone else. Whenever we say someone wins, we go, oh, they're awesome. All the women are awesome, I think. There's yeah. some, so, much, so many great characters. Um, 
but yes, I'm I'm super happy for her. Absolutely. Let's uh, also listen to Grace Brown because Grace Brown was she finished second mm. uh, and is so well deserved as well because the way she did it was fantastic. Yes. Let's listen to Grace Brown. Obviously, the team was in a really good position with Sarah up the road. Um, there was a little bit of confusion when we weren't quite sure whether she was off the front or off the back of the break. But um, once we got confirmation that she was off the front, um, yeah, we just sat in and followed the climbers attacks each lap um, and then yeah coming into the final lap I knew that Sarah was pretty secure in her win um, so I thought that I'd have a bit of a dig and see if I could um, get a spot on the podium which uh, came off well thankfully yeah it's always awesome to be up on the podium with your teammate and uh, I've come third here twice so it's nice to increase that to a silver medal um, and hopefully one year I can actually be on the top step but I'm pretty stoked for my teammate to have won this today it's um, a, a huge result for her and um, yeah massive progress since her injury and surgery so yeah I'm thrilled for Sarah you can feel the unity in that team we said it many many times for the boys for the girls and so on but uh, there's a real spirit in that team the bike exchange team yeah so I think I think it almost more so in the women's side. The, the guys' side, you no could, doubt. You could imagine how high Spratty has jumped off a sofa. Oh, did you watching see it? Did you see it? Yeah, yeah with, the with the massive bottle. And bre breakfast. I, <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. But that sums it up, doesn't it? Spratty has sat up late at night, which you probably would anyway. But yeah, I love it. She's, you know, Spratty, she's got a heart of gold, I think. And, and she really is, you know, she's going to be their captain this year. Yeah. On the road and but Grace Brown, Grace Brown, uh, yeah. uh, honestly, that ride was uh, was yeah. also spectacular. And then one two on the podium. Yeah, it's super, super. And already you can see Grace and Sarah; they're already a step ahead, and they're not like a step ahead from where they were this time last year. And they're not even at a hundred percent. No, and, and know, it's not because anyone is missing or, or kept Spratty is missing yeah. or this year. But but other I mean, than that, other than that, the, the field and mm. the conditions were different. They were more yeah. classic, like yeah. uh, the weather, Mate, was, as you know, it was sleeting. <laughs> it was sleeting on the top of the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually putting a um, complaint to head office in Sydney SBS, saying, "Listen, I want, I want, like, <laughs> what, what sort of, what do you call it when you get like um, danger money or yeah, exactly like yeah. that? Just <laughs> tell me, tell me later because you know." I, I think I spent 24 laps on the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you. You were just, just um, yeah, going around. It was uh, quite fever. interesting. Uh, of course, uh, to complete uh, the the podium, we also have a, a, world, a world tour rider. So it's a complete world tour rider podium, which is the fact that some riders were not here. The world tour riders were still dominating that field. Yes. Uh, yeah. So Loretta Hansen in third for, for yeah, Trek. Yeah, I said her name, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, she was, and that's her first time on the podium. And I had a quick chat to her in the green room, sort of immediately after the stage as she came off. So, people, the green room is a tent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a green room. It's a green room. It's yeah, a, it's okay. a, so you make it sound make big, sure, but yeah, it is big. Yeah, there was a coffee machine off yeah. to the left. Um, she was pumped. She was so happy with her third. And look, she was in that break, as we know. And yep. when Sarah attacked her, and by the way, the ride by Loretta, she's a sprinter. Right, she's. I'd say she's more of a sprinter than than Sarah probably. Sarah attacked her when they came past me. Sarah had forty meters on her at the top of the climb, effectively. Mm -hmm. The next lap around, Sarah had one hundred and forty meters on her. So in thirteen kilometers, it was this massive drag race. So Loretta absolutely had chased her desperately. She boxed and fought. So her ride was equally as good, you know. And she had she she had Chloe Hosking, but Chloe. 
really couldn't do a lot. She had to just sit and wait as a you know real pure sprinter. Mm-hmm. So Loretta was really on her own. Um, so I thought she was exceptional. And of course, Sarah Gigante as well. Uh, okay, she didn't finish where we thought she could be. What happened to her? She had, she still had a good a, a good week. You know, she she goes away with a one jersey in a time trial. She defended that jersey. Uh, she's also shown. You know, I thought what was quite interesting is that all the riders were riding against her. Yeah. And for someone that young being, you know, so it was always going to be hard for her to get away at any time because she pretty much had the whole field against her. Yes. That's already a significant step yes. for, for a rider. Yeah, totally. She was, yeah, look, in some ways I feel sorry for her and in some She's, ways I wanted her to win because mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I think we're all excited by the prospects of what she can do. But in hindsight now, you know, 24 hours later, I think she'll learn a lot from that. Absolutely. Well, she obviously will. And I think she'll grow more from that. And I think it's actually going to be good for her. And Mm -hmm. she probably won't like to hear that right now if (laughs) if she's listening. But I'm... And if you are listening, Sarah... I know she's listening. (laughs) Yeah. And and if you are, Sarah, you will rise above this. And she's... Look, I won't go into detail, but she came to us... More so to Pat Shaw, actually. I'll give him some credit for this. She came and chatted with him Saturday Saturday afternoon about her race on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and just the little snippet I got from Sarah there, she's a star. She's yeah. a star. And she's, you know, she's she's going to do some great things in Absolutely. this sport. And, uh, yeah, it, look, it was just, as you said, she goes away with the TT and um, she's got a big future. Absolutely. Let's listen to uh, Sarah Gigante. Yeah, it was certainly a bit of a challenging day out there. Um, yeah, I was thinking more about the elite race than the under-23 race, but it's cool to still have come away with a bronze medal and it was really cool to see how happy Emily Watts was after the finish. That was really nice. And yeah, um, Back Exchange had a great race with uh, Sarah Roy and Grace Brown going 1-2. Yeah, so the early break got away and I, I felt kind of comfortable with it, but then the gap kind of blew out and ARA, um, yeah, was kind of struggling to bring it back. So I tried to try my best on the climb, but yeah, I mean, it just kind of got out of control. And yeah, <laughs> I was hoping to bridge across and maybe get away solo, but then I couldn't get away. So <laughs> it kind of happened like last year, missed the EB and then couldn't get away. That was Sa uh, Gigante. So overall, uh, a great, a great, great race for the women. Yeah, uh, a great spectacle. Uh, great spectacle. Uh, how was the crowd? How was the crowd? Uh, was great. Yeah, we look. We weren't. So it's almost you think it was hardcore. Hardcore people came out and yes, still. Yes, it was. Really it was interesting. You know what was? It, it, Sunday is always the biggest day, and yeah. we, you know we tagline it Super Sunday. Live coverage of both races, both on the same day, all that sort of stuff, and the crowds are the biggest. The under nineteen men's and women's yep. on the Saturday, great crowd. Okay, we we stood there on the finish line, Pat Shaw and I, and went, "Wow!" And every look, I've done that every year for ten years, and you so you get this view when you stand up on the stage, mm-hmm. and you always get a bit, and you can say some, you know, some years we've gone, "Oh, it's a little bit down." The under 19s was probably the biggest crowd we've seen. Yeah, okay, I'd say so that we sort of went, "Wow, Sunday's going to be big," and I got on the mountain thinking, "Wow, there's not going to be the atmosphere." And as you know, when you're doing those crosses, 
the, the crowd makes part of the cross. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it makes it even better. I once ate a sausage out of a barbecue. <laughs> that sausage is legendary. <laughs> well, they weren't there this year. That was the only thing missing, the food vans. But the crowd came up. They came up in the end. It was really good. It was enough, you know. It wasn't huge and it wasn't too much for sort of COVID protocol. Yeah. And it was ticketed. But there were enough there. And it, yeah, it was, um, no, it really was a fantastic national champs. And absolutely. I don't want to harp on it, but can I just quickly reel off the names of the women? Yep. Sarah Roy, Grace Brown, Loretta Hanson, we've said them. Amber Pate in fourth. Watch that name. Emily Watts, first under 23. Yeah, actually, let's listen to Emily Watts. Oh, I feel pretty stoked. I think I've never felt like this before. And as I crossed that line, I didn't even know I had under 23s. So when they did tell me that I did, it was, it was pretty crazy. I knew I had a shot. I didn't think I had as good a shot as, as winning, but I knew that Sarah and Neve would, would have a fighting chance to win, yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but that was Emily yeah. Watts. Yeah. And ecstatic. Ecstatic. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Neve Bradbury, Sarah, of course, Gigante, Elizabeth Stannard, Rach Nalen, yeah. you know, former silver medalist in the world, Ruby Roseman Gannon, Nicole Frame, Jamie Gunning, Justine Barrow, medalist here before, and the list goes on. That's the talent pool, yeah. and that's just a snippet. That you is know, a snippet. We said it before here on this podcast, but the quality and the depth of the pool we've got here in Australia about women cycling mm. is almost like no other in the world there's other countries like Netherlands maybe yeah maybe Netherlands and Belgium yeah but like we're up there no Absolutely this is up there yeah and look it's not um I hope I hope myself and I hope you don't either we don't sound patronizing or and and or, 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 well you do a bit no. <laughs> <laughs> no no I've been in the sport 40 years now that's showing my age isn't it mm-hmm. I'm really proud of our women cyclists and if, and I think our sport is finally doing something good look women's cyclists let's just say it what it is many years ago they were not respected in our sport mm-hmm. and as a rider in that era you've sort of got tunnel vision on and you're not you're just focusing on yourself and it wasn't until i retired you go wow they've had a rough deal you know they deserve more and mm-hmm. i used to train with a lot of the pro women here we used to train together and they put in just as much effort so it's so good to see this talent absolutely. pool coming out and the young girls they got something to look up to absolutely and then it was good to see jerry ryan as well in the car yes. following uh, the the win of sarah and then he had a pretty good weekend i saw i saw jerry <laughs> directly after it and uh we he was you know he's grinning ear to ear with this is after the women's race and i said seriously mate what happens every time you turn up they win <laughs> and it's sort of true if you've known the story of jerry ryan in cycling and it's just not turning up at nationals he turns up to the tour de france and <laughs> it's either the bus under the gantry so then it, he said as he said gave us more publicity than any other side that day and then they win you yeah. know the next day or two days later they win it's you know i don't know he he, he has something um, absolutely he has a lot of passion we know that much and then let's talk about the men, mm. uh, because there's there's two angles of where we can actually start uh, talking about the men's race. First of all is Lucas Plapp. Yeah. Uh, and but and the other angle is also bike exchange. So let's talk about Lucas Plapp first, uh, because people are not hundred percent in the in the the scene of Australian cycling may not have known of Lucas Plapp before the last couple of uh, months. I would say. Yeah. Uh, he's done incredibly well at the Festival of Cycling in uh, Adelaide. So the other name for the Tour de Londres. Yeah. But he didn't disappoint here. He gave it a big shake, didn't he? He gave it a big shake. And yes, he, look, to, to sort of give you the, the really short background of Luke Platt, he is at the moment considered number five in the team pursuit for the Olympics. Okay. So he's that fifth guy that's pushing the other four and 
you know, he can be in there, but he's that fifth guy. That's my understanding. They've got a problem on their hands, haven't they? The selectors. <laughs> it's a good problem. <laughs> it's a good problem. And I did I did speak with Tim Decker actually after the individual time trial. I said, oh, well, nice problem to have, isn't it? And he said, yeah, absolutely. Now, it's such a specific event. But he has obviously stepped up massively in the last six months. And then that work that he's done and the maturity in his body that has come out, as you said, over in Adelaide, he won a stage. He was, he's been the only guy to jump across to Richie on Malunga. Yeah. I thought about it actually after the race. He actually jumped across to Richie, Richie on Malunga. He didn't win the stage. He effectively handed it to Richie. Yeah. Richie said that himself. He said he probably could have been. But there's an incredible picture where, yeah. where he's like opening his arms to Richie yeah. saying, you're home, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and then he, he absolutely solidified that form and proved it with the individual time trial win by winning over a minute to Durbo. And Durbo has been in... I think some of the best form we've yeah. seen him in in January of any year of his career. So he's the real deal. And then he did that display on Sunday. When he jumped, I thought, too early. Too early. It's no matter how good you're going. And I thought, if you do win this, this is So was monumental. that, do you think, a bit of a immaturity? Or did, did, he, yes. did he know that maybe he better show off now because he's not going to be able to fight towards the end or not? I think, I think and I'd say it with the utmost respect, to the young guy, just a little bit of, you know, um, um, immaturity, immaturity um, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, I can't think of it, but he, he's obviously just, you know, got excited. Blood rush. He's just a little blood rush and gone, I'm feeling great. I'm going to attack. And geez, everyone has done it. Every, every, the best riders in the world have done yeah, that. Yeah. So it's not, it's not anything new. Um, but gee, he was so close. And I, I called it when he came through, I think, two to go, and he'd increased his gap, or it might have been three to go. He came through, and he'd gone from a minute and a half lap before to two minutes by the time he got to me. Yeah. And I went, they won't catch him. Yeah. I thought all he's got to do is put in one more good lap to the top of the mountain, and, and then, then he's only got two to go. Yeah. You know, he'll get the second, the penultimate, and then in the head psychologically you can do it. And then he, he just – it wasn't a complete capitulation, though, was it? They caught him, and he sat there, and then – they finally decided to switch, and he worked for Cal O'Brien. Yeah. But that race had... Uh, that race was incredible. Yeah, it was, it's blown me away. <laughs> it's still blown me let's, away let, now. Let's just fa uh, phase this out. How did Cameron Mayer win this one? Oh, I don't he know. He doesn't even know himself. Let, let's have a listen to Cameron Mayer. That far to go? <laughs> um, yeah, I drew every bit of 13 years of experience to pull that off, and... Every lap I thought I was in trouble, like this isn't going to happen. Somehow the best teammate you can have, Luke Durbridge, and um, he's the best you can have. And he popped up there at the, right at the end, saved me, um, brought me to the line, and then I just pulled on the experience that I had in the finish there. And I, I think that's what won it for me. I've, I've done that sprint a fair few times, lost it, um, and uh, I just got the timing right and somehow pulled off a miracle today. When you've had a hard race like that, uh, you don't have much left. You've you've literally probably got 50 to 100 metres left in the legs uh, before they start cramping. You can see everyone sitting down, just hoping the line would come. And I knew I had, uh, young Kel went, Nick White went, and that's who I had to get to go first. Run at them, try and get to the line the last last second, and uh, yeah, win by just the, the smallest of margins. So I timed it right. So that was Cameron Mayer. He, like, up until the last 100 metres, he didn't know he could it's win incredible. it. Incredible. Incredible. Like, we know that like, it's hard to find another word that incredible for that win. Can, can I just, just, let's just put this in context. The best race I saw ever, track, road, anything in my lifetime, Tour de France, 
Anything. Be careful what you're saying. It yeah. <laughs> was the 1989 finish time trial where Greg LeMond beat Fignon. No. Mate, you, you, you led me into it. You are, you are crazy. You are the mayor of crazy town. Um, <laughs> no, no, it was this. So just bear with me. It was Danny Clark winning the Austral wheel race back in the 90s. And I happened to be, I was a teenager and I was watching it in the middle. And it was, you know, a come from behind handicap event, 2000 metres, a lap to go, he wasn't going to win. No, no way, and he won. It was phenomenal. Fast forward to 2012 World Track Champs. Cam Meyer won the points race, and I was sitting with Tomo that night. We were hosting, and he wasn't winning it. With three laps to go, he wasn't winning it. Mm-hmm. The only way he was going to win was take a lap, and all the guys that were ahead of him were absolutely watching him and marking him, and somehow Cam took a lap with two laps to go. The board reshuffled on the final lap, which gave Cam the lap up, and he was the winner. Okay. And it was, and I said to Tomo that night, I said, that just surpasses that ride of Danny Clark that I saw. That is the greatest performance I've seen, bar none. This one on Sunday, it just happens to be Cam Meyer yeah. again. So for me, and it's funny because I won't, I don't know if I can say yet that Cam Meyer will be one of our greatest. You know, when you talk about Phil Anderson, um, Simon Gerrans, of course, Cadell. Yeah. Um, Richie. Richie, there's these, you know, these riders um, that we've had. Um, and Spratty really yeah, yeah. is up there in that in that sphere, you know, with her results. Um, but Cam sits somewhere. He sits, he absolutely sits somewhere with his track and road performances. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, he's he's phenomenal. And the Durbo effect. Yeah. Because Luke Durbridge is, uh, I don't know how you could say it, but he's probably domestic extraordinaire. On this on this particular uh, time, what it's, it did for him was incredible. Come on, you've met Derbo. Yeah, but he's, that, he's a legend. I love him. Let's take his performance out for a second. He's probably one of the nicest blokes you yeah. can meet. I think he's so giving with his time to us, and and you know at times riders just don't want to. You know they're tired, they're whatever, and you get it. He's such a he's so so grounded. Um, I guess I'll, we credit his parents to that. <laughs> but he is. He's such a, a likable guy. And then you, and then he backs it up on the bike, and it takes that character to be such a team player. You have to be a good person off the bike. If you're a dirtbag, yeah. if you're a bit of a, you know, self-centered person off the bike or off off the sporting field, sometimes that won't it won't translate on the field that you will be a team player. It'll translate on the field that you are there for yourself. Yeah. So he just he just sort of shows the person he is off the bike when he displays himself on the bike, yeah, and that was. Phenomenal, yeah. Um, Anything else to uh, to remember from that from from that men's oh, race? They're all good. Look, it's it's so hard to pick anything out. So I'm gonna have to ask you. I'm I'm gonna ask you a question about mm. this. Would the presence of Richie Port have changed anything? What could have happened if Richie was? I know if yes. we can do whatever we I want. I don't but, uh, think this year. Yeah. Only because, and it's all hindsight stuff, but. Richie, he'd probably say himself, his form's nowhere near national championship form. So I think he'd put his hand up. And he, look, you could see it down under. He, yes, he won Wollonga, but he's winning Wollonga because mm-hmm. he's a class act. But he lost a lot of time on a couple of the stages and he's taking his early season pretty cruisy. Richie at his best, or, you know, Richie Richie in a, a world tour, tour down under form, yeah. 
yes, he may change the outcome. But the national champs is a different bike race. It's a totally different bike race. It's not, you know, you don't have, you have World Tour riders, but you don't have, Richie doesn't have five or six Australian teammates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And remember, it's only Australians who can race. It used to be an open race where internationals could race, but obviously they don't get the medals. So I don't think it would have changed much this year. I think... I, I think it's the COVID effect too. <laughs> you know, look at the year we had last year. We're all saying it's one of the best racing seasons we've witnessed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a bit of the spillover. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's. I that, think, I think that... riders are racing like, don't fret the small stuff. Yeah. Don't be negative. Be positive. You know, we're we're in a really good position in Australia with COVID. I sort of think there is a little bit but of. It's that. either a spillover or a good omen for yeah. the for the season yeah. to come. Let's look ahead. Oh, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, any other uh, things from the from the carnival? A couple of quick mentions, and I'm going to miss some. But Nettie Edmondson winning the crit, I just thought so fantastic actually, for yeah, her. They're fantastic. Could this be the last? She hinted at the that. last song. She for hinted her on at the that. Road? I think if she, yeah, I think if she goes to the Olympics, and I mean, she will go if as long as they happen. I think it could be the last season for her. She's been a, at least on the road. Yeah. No, no, on the Overall, track. No, on no, the track. She'll be going track. to the Olympics for the ah, track. Okay, yeah, no, well, that's what I mean. But she would then concentrate on the track. There would be the last season on the road. No, I'm thinking. No? Oh, I'm not sure if I'm reading between lines here that she's talking about retirement. I don't okay, know. Okay, okay. I, 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 I hope I'm not jumping the gun there. I, I was, uh, maybe it's a matter of, uh, of how we perceive the thing, but, but I, thought, I thought she would retire from any road commitment and then concentrate on oh, more I don't know. track. Uh, yeah, um, well, maybe, maybe. Again, English is, English is not my first language. So. No, no. <laughs> and no, Australian maybe is not I'm even my second. It completely so. <laughs> wrong. She did say road. She specified. Yeah. But either way, anyway, she's a champion, yeah. and it was really nice to see her win. And what she, a family as well, because brother is Yeah, well well. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, of course, we mentioned Plappy. Thomas Benton won the under-23s. I thought that was a super ride. Break all day. He was not there for the inform make squad to win it. He was there to play the domestic role. He he only just made that squad for the for the season in terms of a, got a contract, I believe, and he's national under-23 champion. Yeah, that's good. I love yeah. I love the underdog <laughs> stories, yeah. and I just ah oh, that was that was a really awesome ride, and and the team were absolutely pumped for him. You yeah. know, he's the guy that carries the water bottles that's the impression i get and they were all so happy yeah. for him to win so that, that was a really lovely story um look the paras were fantastic and i chatted to a few of them so good to have them now yeah. that coincide Absolutely. on the same dates courses and everything they're troopers they're going to they're going to win a bag of medals at the yeah because yeah. this they're is the great. thing this is hopefully the olympics will happen this year in 2021 yeah uh, and and this is where we see the form yeah uh, and the yeah. olympics and the paralympics yeah uh, yeah so they they yeah. showed all the para athletes who are vying for the olympics they show they're on track and they got some and i've got to say just a special shout out to their coaching staff coaching staff are brilliant yeah they're, they're, i know a few of them and they're just absolute passion and hard working like like all coaches are but yeah, it really, really special group. Absolutely. Uh, let's look ahead uh, this week, uh, end of the week. I think we've got Melbourne to Warrnambool. Oh, yeah. Up. Well done. 125th year edition. Uh, have you done this race? <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you? <laughs> I'm not going there. Not going there. Not going there. No. no, no. Um, <laughs> how hard is this? It's, yeah, because it's, it's labeled as one of the toughest. It's one of the oldest races yeah. in the world. How tough is it? It's one of the oldest. It's one of the flattest. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but it's full it's on. It's a mentally, Boom. yeah. It's Look, it's changed. Because I was told the last 80K are really the toughest. It's the brutal. Toughest, but you've got 300 and something before. It's, it's changed from 30 years ago, though. And this sounds crazy, but it used to be, it's been up in October until recent years. And as we know, down in Melbourne, well, even in February, you can get some crazy weather. Mm-hmm. 
So what we used to get back then, or in the 90s, late 90s and early 2000s, you could get some really shocking weather, like sort of cross headwinds. We're talking seven and a half, eight hour race times. But in more recent years, it's become more of a tar wind. And I think it's actually global warming a bit. We're getting yeah. more, they're getting more of the prevailing sort of cross tail. Um, so who knows what we'll but get. It's, it's fast. Yeah, it's pretty quick. It's well, pretty quick. it's, well, it's five. Yeah. I mean, it's I've fast done, for the length. I raced two. <laughs> yeah. One year after the other. One year was seven and a half hours. The very next year was five and a half hours. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> exactly the same distance, exactly the same race route. Yeah. So that's what you can get. That's the difference. I don't think we're going to have terrible conditions. I think they're going to have pretty good conditions on the weekend. But a hundred, the last hundred k's live streaming on Ab- Cycling Central. Absolutely, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Maddie and I are, uh, are covering that. So that's it's not a first. They did cover some last year. They streamed, I know, the last thirty kilometres, but the last hundred. Yeah. I'm excited about the sport in Australia that we're starting to cover. Yeah, stuff absolutely. like Melbourne and Warrnambool. Yeah, it needs it. It really needs it. Absolutely. So that's great. Any other news? Uh, you know what I just saw as I was coming in today, and I'm excited by this. And how can't you be? We talked about him what last week, the week before. Matthew Vanderpol. Yes. They are <laughs> they are putting the team uh, Alpecin Phoenix the whole first week at the Tour de France. That is the whole focus for that team, yep. and the whole team will be based around him. It's going to be his first Tour de France. It's the team's first Tour de France. How can you, guys like him, Wout van Aert, of course we saw last year, um, Remco Evenepoel, Yeah, I but can't I, wait to see him back. Yet, yet again, Van der Poel will tell you, no, the Olympics are uh, in mountain bikes are my, are my target. <laughs> I just can't wait to see him at I the know. Tour, going shoulder to shoulder with Van Aert, Sagan. Yeah, it's you be, know, yeah. Has Sagan got his work cut out? Already. Absolutely, yeah. I think he might have, yeah. might have. We might see, uh, might see a, a change of the guard there as well. Yeah, um, and in Besage, yeah, Wallens overall. Etoile de Besage. Etoile, Etoile de Besage. Etoile de Besage. Yeah, Etoile. Etoile de Besage. That's shocking, isn't it? <laughs> really <laughs> shocking. Um, Wallens overall. Ghana, Philippe Ghana, obviously the world TT champ, won the TT, won the road race, won a one A stage, I should say. Yeah. So we saw some snippets of form. Kwiatkowski up there. Clarky very there. early days. Clarky, cl- very early days, but Clarky is racing it. Yep, new team for new Simon team, Clark yeah. too. Um, so yeah, no, I think it was, what was great was that the racing has started. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that gives us confidence that we're going to see the calendar roll out and, and yeah. happen, you know, under strict conditions, of course, and the COVID bubble that the World Tour teams created, but... I think it gives us confidence that we'll get a, a good season of racing underway. Absolutely, and then podcast all along the way. Thank you, Micah. Thank you very this, much. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral. All the rides with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, it's bye for now. Before we go, a quick shout-out to Zwift, the app that turns indoor training into a game. Getting started on Zwift is easy. You just need your bike, a trainer and your PC, Mac or Apple device. Zwift offers training plans, interval workouts and a global community. Get strong and get motivated with every ride. Give people a ride on and you're sure to get one back, as together you enjoy the massive benefits of social indoor training. Go to Zwift.com today and start your free trial.